And welcome back, rugby fans, to another great episode here of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. On this occasion, you know it to be the Rugby Debate Episodes, where we put ourselves and our guests to the test in this format here, where we will have your on-screen guests battle it out for top honors. Once again, an introduction. My name is Ty Brogger, your host for today's activities, alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara himself, and joining us is Craig Gridelli. You know him from the Monday Morning Fly Half, uh, Earful of Dirt. He's got content now on TRN. If it's rugby, he probably knows about it. Doesn't matter where it's played. <laughs> so, Craig, welcome to the show again, man. Yeah, happy to be here again. Always fun to join you guys. Uh, so thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's always a pleasure. This is now your third occasion, I think. I think it's third, yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. You're the first hat trick. All right. <laughs> what an honor. Yeah, that's it, man. It goes up on the Hall of Fame right there <laughs> next to no one else. <laughs> but uh, more importantly... Uh, we're here because of great sponsors, and I wanted to be able to highlight one of them. What we do is really done with their help at uh, RugbyShop.com, uh, are a team of rugby fans, rugby supporters, rugby referees that turn their passion into uh, you know this driven machine that is helping clubs around the country. Uh, a lot of teams are opening up across the border in Canada, and you know now with their restrictions being pulled back through COVID. So what better time to be able to make sure you get your custom kit, your apparel and everything else you need as a rugby club, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure everybody here, like Scott, I'm pretty sure like you had stories about this when you were uh, playing in, in college level. There's always like one guy who has to do everything right. You know, he's the treasurer. He's the uh, uh, he's the captain. He's the merchandise guy. He's the marketing guy. Yeah. So, you know, the, the team at the rugby shop, uh, is really designed to be able to help clubs like that take it off your hands. They'll you know do the design, they'll do the merch, they'll do all of that stuff for you, uh, and they'll make sure that you get it out with an online store that they build for you. So you really don't really need to do anything except just focus on the rugby, and that's why they're great at what they do. So again, go check them out at therugbyshop.com. Um, now, with with that in mind, uh, let's move on to talking about this episode here and why you at home are going to be able to learn something new and interesting about the MLR playoffs, because this is hotting up gentlemen. And uh, we have to be able to first up debate this last weekend's action. That'll be a game recap. Of course, in the West, that big matchup that everybody was paying attention to was Utah versus LA. That ended up being a 34 to 29 scoreline in favor of Utah at home to a sold out crowd. We'll dive into that in a moment. But then in the East, it was about Rooney and Nola to decide that playoff spot. And again, we'll dive into that shortly. But the scoreline there, surprising to some, but not surprising enough, was 35 to 32 in favor of NOLA. Now, the way this works, again, in the rugby debate format, each of our players on screen will have an opening rant opportunity, allowing them two minutes to be able to say what they need to say. And on this occasion, it'll be about that game recap from this past weekend. Starting it off will be Mr. Craig Gridelli. So, Craig, give us a go. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, you know, two exciting finishes, and I think – one of the oddest things about where we sit today is that of the four playoff teams, really none of them are going into the playoffs with a strong wave of momentum. 
I mean, three of the four lost this week. Yeah, you, you mentioned the two games, Utah, LA, New York, NOLA, also Atlanta lost against New England. Uh, the only winner was Utah, and Utah won, as you said, at a home, uh, home full crowd in the altitude of Utah, playing what frankly was not really close to LA's first side. So even their win is not exactly a, a big pinnacle for them. So I think uh, we're in an interesting spot where none of these teams are look like they're gearing for a big postseason run. So I think we have a, a very even, uh, really unpredictable playoffs ahead of us. Um, you know, you know, New York was kind of the last team to qualify. They got in despite their loss. Uh, but I think, you know, when, when we talk about the NOLA New York game, I, I think it is important to remember that New York was up, uh, you know, by a decent margin when they scored their fourth try, which gave them the bonus point, which ensured their playoff appearance. After that, they pretty much emptied the bench and, and Nola did win in the end to their credit. They fought to the end. It was a hard fought match. Um, but I, you know, I'm not sure if New York had continued playing their starters, if the outcome would have, would have turned so quickly in Nola's favor. Likewise for Utah. I mean, they, they won against a, a not, first 15 side in LA and they had to win at the death as they've done several times this year. Um, but yeah, there was a Mikey Teo try in, in the last uh, minutes of the game that, that won it for them. So really um, everyone, I think, I think the most unique thing about this playoffs is that everyone has something to worry about. You know, no one is really firing on all cylinders going in. So I think it's going to be a very entertaining, uh, very entertaining television. Right. And Utah is always, well, I wouldn't say always, but more recently has provided great entertaining rugby. As you said, those close finishes, they just somehow managed to be able to get it over the line in those last few dying moments. It's kind of forged a new identity for them this season. And uh, hopefully that'll, that will give them the power they need if they find themselves in a similar position. But on the next occasion, of course, they'll find themselves in the Coliseum without the backing of a 4,500 strong audience, which is a sellout for uh, Zion Banks stadium um let's hand it over to uh scott ferrara to hear his thoughts let's get hot baby let me start off with the the match you we you didn't talk about uh atl versus free jacks at free jacks new stadium um and you know free jacks def- successfully defending their new stadium again um you know i think they were they have one loss at home the entire season um you know and i think it was more of a pride game for free jacks and less of ATL coming out and saying, Hey, let's, let's handle business. Cause they were in the driver's seat. You know, they would have had to lost by some exorbitant amount and Rooney would have had to won by some exorbitant amount to swap that one, two position. Or, you know, if Nola got in and it would have had been even more. So I think ATL just kind of played a safe side. They played a safe game. Um, not that new England didn't deserve a win. You know, let's, let's be honest. Every win counts in the MLR. Um, but I think that's one of the, one of the, the matches that kind of wasn't in the mix. Um, going back to the, the Rooney Nola game, um, you know, one thing Craig didn't mention, uh, Cara Pryor getting a red card, um, you know, his, uh, his, uh, selection for next week is in doubt. And that's something Rooney struggle has, has struggled with and can t- t- continues to struggle with. Um, and I'll talk about that more probably in the next segment. Um, but you know, it was, it was a chippy game. It was a, a bunch of yellows. There was red, you know, it was, it was something where you kind of saw both teams start to kind of get to a certain point and then apparent you know at at a certain point jp doyle was just like you know everybody's getting off the field now and finally took back control of that match um really chippy um and then the utah la game i mean you know it's another one where you want to win and you want to kind of put your best 
team out there, but you also want to play some players for a match that doesn't get like, do you want to give away all your goods up front, you know, to, to a good LA team that you're going to have to play at home. Um, and Utah do does what they do like the, like every weekend and week out, right. They score at the end to win. Um, and we've seen that, I don't know, seven or eight times before the comeback kids. Uh, and I think you got, out of this weekend, what you were going to get. I didn't think you were going to see anything spectacular. I didn't think you were going to see anything that you haven't seen before. And I think all three matches were telling. So, yeah. So talking about the LA um, Utah game. So we spoke about this actually in a past episode, just the last episode with Jerome Jordan, who of course is the uh, commentator for the, uh, the Utah side. And he referred to it as a bit of a nowhere game, right? Like who cares? Because yes, in reality, it wasn't going to change the makeup of the playoffs, uh, at least for, for those two. But, you know, as you as you so pointed out there, Scott, you, maybe a few little tactics, things you could try giving players that haven't necessarily had the game time a little more game time. And in that same regard, players that have had the game time that you want to be able to rest for next week's matchup, that was the perfect opportunity. So players like Gitto, who normally would be your first pick, were given an opportunity to be held back. Uh, in reserve to be able to keep for that next matchup, which really does count where it'll be at the LA Coliseum Uh, and rugby ATL, maybe a similar thing, you know, in this final weekend, if you knew that you had a secured place, um, you know, why wouldn't you take the opportunity to be able to bench a few players or to be able to move them completely out of that roster uh, to rest them uh, wholeheartedly for the next performance? So, yeah, I agree with that. Excellent analysis from Scott. Let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt. Thanks, Ty. First of all, I want to throw a shout out to all the gold diggers down there in NOLA, all the fans down in NOLA. There's a contingent that went up there to Rooney to support the boys. Uh, came up a little bit short, but I was proud that they fought to the finish. Uh, so a big shout out to my guys, Andrew, Gio, and uh, of course, Devin Short for signing my military jersey. So I thank those boys. So I'm going to get to it quick, fast and easy. Um, ATL match, you know, not a lot riding on that one. So you did see him rest some players. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who comes out in the 10 jersey. Uh, you know, is it going to be Carlisi, uh, who is at 15? So we had some players playing out of position there. Uh, I don't think you'll see Coleman in the 10 jersey, who was actually in the jersey this weekend. Uh, or is it going to be um, Ezekura, who's got a lot of minutes in the 10 jersey? So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out in, in you know, this week's competition. But quite frankly, you know, with Ryan Reese at nine rather than uh, Rowan, um, you know, I don't know that they played uh, their number ones at all those key positions. So I think you're going to see a little different side come out against Rudy. Um you know, that being said, in Utah, same thing. L.A. said, I think I counted out seven of their starters, you know, including DTH, who's an absolute monster, both defensively and offensively. We've seen that the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, of course, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of Angus Cottrell. I mean, he's a friggin' monster on the on the blind side. And, of course, you know, you can't forget about the two Aussies. So, uh, you know, some people Utah, and fans in Utah were chipping, hey, you know, this is great. We did a great job. Okay, put it in perspective. Great win. But the reality is they were resting a lot of starters. And finally, I'll end with Rooney and Nola. I'm just going to say this. Obviously, I was disappointed. Um, Nola was up against it, trying to score 20 points and put one over Rooney. Um, Not much of a chance. Here's the thing. I think this could have been a very different game had the tiebreaker 
had to have been just a win, like head-to-head as a number one tiebreaker between two teams who were left at the end with the same amount of points. Why? Because then Nola's not you know, focused on trying to score as many points and taking opportunities. They're simply focused on trying to win the match because the head-to-head tiebreaker is all that matters. So, you know, here, you know, I, I, th- I think that could have turned things around. Um, yeah, they were kind of uh, – you know, they had to score some points, maybe score four tries. But again, if they can, you know, slowly build towards that, I think it would have been a little different match. But hats off to Rudy. They played a good game. They did they did what needed to be done. Yeah, I mean, talking about the NOLA game, so for those of you that don't know, if you're listening and watching back home, I believe the scoreline was supposed to be a 20-point difference in favor of NOLA, and they had to restrict Rooney from scoring a bonus point. And correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. gentlemen, but that's how I remember it. So no matter what, it was always going to be a tough ask, right? So let me throw this back to you, Rob. Um, with this in mind, what do you think the game plan was and what do you think it should have been for Nola? Well, I think you saw at the very beginning, the game plan was plan was pretty clear. They had to open it up quite early. Um, and as a matter of fact, if it had not been for Hanno Dirksen uh, knocking on that, that chip through, um, they might have put 14 points up right away and really set a different tone for right. the match. I remember the big guy, you know, texting me at the time saying, you know, we're not going to win this one because I think he saw that, you know, the defense, uh, the defensive gaps in Rooney were there at least initially. But, you know, again, all credit to them. They came back. They fought back. They put some points in the board. Uh, they closed ranks and did what needed to be done on their side of the ball. And and quite frankly, um, they put pressure on Nola. So Nola felt like they had to score every time they got a chance to, to touch the ball. And and they made some mistakes. He knocked it on and had a lot of handling errors. Right. It's like they were chasing a 20, uh, yeah. a 20 difference right from the kickoff. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And of course, it was a tough ask. Although it's it, it's still an you know, admirable uh, end result. It's kind of an empty and hollow victory yeah. uh, in many ways. And, and, um, and if I could just say, I mean, uh, again, proud of my boys. They won a five of the last six on the right. road, which I never would have. If somebody said they're going to win a five of the last six, I would have said they would be in the driver's seat in the playoffs. It just wasn't meant to be. Right. There was a hiccup very recently that threw them adrift. Yeah. So, gentlemen, once again, you know, it's interesting to be able to look at these makeups from last weekend and talk about some of those players that really stood out for you. I want to jump into this next piece. And some of those names have already been thrown around the screen here from a few of you. But let's dig into it. So when you look back over this last weekend and I'll start with you, Craig, who were some of the standouts? that you think you need to pay attention. If you're tuning in now for the first time and you're coming to watch rugby a little late this season, or you're just continuing to be able to enjoy your rugby past your team being eliminated, who are the guys you should pay attention to uh, from last weekend that might be the same in this upcoming playoff weekend? Sure. Uh, I'll give, I'll give a, a few here. I think, uh, on the New York Atlanta side, I think the, the battle of the locks is going to be very important in both of these sides. They arguably have the best four locks in MLR, you know, between those two teams, you know, with Brakely and Savetta in New York and Momsen and Ritalingus in Atlanta. Um, so I think that's going to be a critical battle because we've seen all year how line out consistency or inconsistency has really uh, thrown off game plans. I mean, it just changes so much about what you can and can't do if you can't if you can retain your lineouts or you can't retain your own lineouts. Uh, I mean, right. it really the set plays being like if they always say if you control the set play, you control control the rugby. So, 
Definitely. Yeah. Not. I agree with you. And like, think, of, think of the criticalness of a kick when, you know, if you're doing a clearing kick and it finds touch and it, okay, but it's their line out. I mean, that's a trade off we're used to seeing, mm. but if, there's a 50% chance it's going to be your ball of the line out too. That really changes how important being able to kick becomes. Um, so I think that's a, a critical battle we're going to see there. I think uh, in the LA versus Utah side, I think we really need to see, you know, Michael Bosca, I think he did a great job uh, with you in his USA debut. You know, he had 20 minutes or so between the two games uh, came back and he's played great back at Utah again. Um I think he's going to have to keep his attacking flair, his instinct. I think when he combines with Teo and Cruze, that's when uh, Utah's really their most effective attacking-wise. And I just don't think that Utah has the defensive prowess to really slow L.A. down much. Uh, so if they're going to have a chance to win, and I think it's going to be a long shot for Utah, but if they're going to have a chance, they're going to really need to have that attack on all cylinders. And I think that really comes down to uh, Michael Basket for them. Right. Basket's supply, um, as you pointed out, in, in the USA matchups, now kind of deviating away from, from MLR, but it is relevant, right? His guy that was in his debut, I thought he had an extra pep in his step. The team worked a little faster. His, his cycling the ball out of the, uh, out of the back of these the rucks and moles was brilliant. I, I think that's, you know, he's growing in a little bit of confidence coming back now, stepping in, having had that opportunity on that stage. I think he's a key player that I actually wrote down that name, by the way, as one of the ones that is. So you and I think you're fairly similar. Um, but I want to be able to hear more from what uh, Scott thinks is some of the standouts um, coming up and who was from last weekend. Uh, well, I think coming up, what you're going to want to see, well, honestly, and this, this kind of rolls into from what happened last weekend, as far as Rooney's concerned, but Rooney and ATL, I think you're going to look at the loose forward play. Um, you know, Hanko Hermesis, uh getting an, uh, scoring one and getting one taken back, which, you know, was a little iffy. Uh, Craig smiling there. You know, me and him have been talking about it, you know, going back and forth. Uh, but, you know, hey, it's, it's rugby. That's the call that was made. But he's been playing out of his mind lately. But Ben Bonasso also scoring that first try for Rooney. And now with Cara Pryor out, most likely Kyle Sumption coming in to play the eight. Kyle Sumption, another guy who's been playing out of his mind. And how does that match up against ATL, who has um, uh, Connor Cook, um, Matt Heaton, uh, Ross Deacon, and Jason Dam? Ross Deacon and Jason Dam pretty much are interchangeable in my mind. They've both been playing great uh, at number eight, whether they're coming off the bench or they're starting. Um, and that's kind of the offense that both LA and Rooney need to to put down in the first 10 minutes to open up those channels in the back line. Um, going over to uh, Utah and LA, I think it, it – if Utah can punish LA up front in the scrum um, when LA makes mistakes, I think that can turn the tide for the game. I believe I, I'm third. I completely believe what Craig says about uh, Utah not having the defense to kind of hold off LA. So that means they're going to have to try and score every chance they get, and that includes the set piece scrum, whether they're winning that scrum, you know, on their own put in or they're pushing and getting the penalty uh, when they're not putting it in. And I think that's a, I think that's a, one of those times where you're going to have a guy like Paul Mullen play the bully and we're going to see how well LA can handle that. Yeah, of course. I mean, Utah has some pretty great experience up front with Khalifi um, and Mullen. And, you know, I, I think I tend to agree with you guys in regards to saying that it's a lot more about offense and defense for Utah. So, yeah, put more points on the board is kind of the uh, the general strategy, right? Uh, and, yes, obviously that does win games, but there's that old mantra as well, that great defense as, as well is just important. Um, but, you know, let, let's let's run into to, to hand it over to uh, Rob and let's hear his thoughts before we kind of bring it all together. 
Yeah, so I'm going to start first uh, with uh, Saturday's game, ATL versus Rooney. Um, you know, I, I appreciate uh, both Scott and Craig. You talked about two things that I look to, the back row matchups as well as the second row matchups. So rather than retread what was said, because I think they made great points there, I want to go to the center combos. It's going to be interesting. I mean, look, they both these are both two very strong packs, physical, mobile packs. So the question is then, what happens in the back line, right? And I'll be interested to see, A, who's a 10 again for ATL to match up across from Holland's head. And then I'll be interested to see what the center combination is for for ATL. I mean, do you have, you know, the Cowboy pa- paired up with Petzer? And, and what does that, you know, center combo look like from Rooney? So I'll be really interested to see how that plays out and see where they find gaps and holes. We know that um, some chips and chases can happen on both ends. It's just a question of, you know, where the gaps are and who can make the most use of them. So that'll be a really interesting point to see. Uh, On the flip side on Sunday, Utah versus L.A., look, guys, I mean, again, not to hit, you know, or belabor a point, but a lot of folks were sitting out on uh, this last weekend. It'll be interesting. Uh, Craig uh, hit the nail on the head. Goddard and Baska. Two very similar players because they both play well in the loose. I think I mentioned it last week, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to this matchup. Uh, I'm also looking forward to see uh, Cruze versus Ryberg, two American stalwarts um, that are really making uh, names for themselves in the MLR. That should be really cool. I'm looking forward to see the back row matchups, uh, particularly because you have some really good trios back there um, that are pretty mobile and can make things happen. Run angry. Like Williams runs angry. A Cottrell runs angry, right? And it should be really fun to watch those back rows fly off those, uh, fly off those fly halves, or sorry, scrum halves, and maybe see some uh, loose play and some offloads uh, set the standard for the day on Sunday. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I wanted to be able to pick in one of the names that you mentioned there. So Cottrell, you said that now, I think two or three times just this episode and probably umpteenth times throughout the season because he is deserved of that title though. And of course that recognition, but let's look at some of the details. So I write down a couple of points that I, cause I knew you were going to say this guy's name. So total points this season, obviously as the flanker open side, he's in the mix. He's always up front there. Uh, he just seems to be putting himself in that position, working hard to be in that position, but 59 points have come his way so far this season. That's nine tries to his name, 619 carrying meters. In comparison, you have uh, DTH. Now, they're polar opposites in terms of their positioning. You got forwards and you got first back line. DTH, of course, being a great uh, uh, player himself. 50 total points there and 10 tries uh, provided. So, you know, these these scores all provided by the MLR app. So I hope that they're consistent and, 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 and right, uh, as they have been proven to be a little bit inconsistent in the past. But nevertheless, these are key players and they're delivering results. Cottrell, certainly one of those. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Goddard and Basker. I think it's going to be a great uh, a, you know, battle between them. But LA is definitely going to be able to bring back all the big guns in this next game. Utah, I feel like, you know, you know, I'm going to hold my comments there because we've got the next session section to be able to talk about uh, the predictions. But right now, as it stands, it seems like, Craig, you're thinking that the battle is going to be up front because you mentioned mostly forwards. You've, you spoke about the physicality. You spoke about dominating the, the lineouts, and I assume the other set plays that come with that. Um, while we're not going to talk about the prediction, do you think that 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 the games 
will be now slower, um, more heavy uh, focus on on the forwards play, or do you think it's still going to be the same enterprising wide rugby that we've seen all season? Well, I, I think I think in New York, uh, Atlanta, I think that both of those teams have the proclivity to be very good defensively. I think Atlanta is the best defense in yep. MLR, even though statistically maybe they're not, but you know we can talk about why that may or may not be. Uh, New York, I think, has had games. You know, their first when they beat LA, the first one against LA, where they seemed like they could be a, you know a top defense. So I think both sides are really gonna have to work ways to create opportunities to score. So, you know, if, if you can't, for example, deliver on your line out, that becomes much harder, right? Then, then a good defense really can shut you down. So I think, you know, any place where there's a weakness in your attacking chain, including being able to, I mean, for New York, especially the attack off the line out and the mall is so critical to what they do. If they can't execute that, then I think they're really going to have trouble scoring against Atlanta. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's going to be a, like an all forwards game. Cause I think, I think when New York is playing well, they do a really good job of running support lines off each other. You know, like when they're flowing well, they do probably second only to LA in what they can do in terms of just instinctual supporting, following on each other in open play. Um, and they need to get that rolling. But for that to even happen, they're going to need to control the ball, play well, uh, you know, defensively and just you know, and, and these are the things that, that Rooney has done well. Rooney, of course, being the first team this season to be well, the first team ever to be able to beat LA, right? And that was at a time when they were thinking that everybody was, you know, predicting that they were going to win it by a landslide. You know, there almost was no one in, in, in any mind in competition. And the way they did it was just, you know, getting in the middle of those breakdown areas, working those forwards, controlling that ball, slowing it down. Um, and then, of course, those were low-scoring matches. But in comparison, we've seen some higher-scoring matches. So they can both they can play both sides of the, of, of that game very well, in my opinion. Um, you know, the, these are these are important factors as it goes by. Scott, you also echoed the fact that you know it's going to be about that that forwards pack. You spoke about Hunker. You spoke about these guys that are uh, grinding it out inside the engine room. Guys that are great ball poachers. And, and so, is it really just about controlling the ball for you? Do you think that's the key to success? Well, I think controlling the ball for any rugby team is the key to success. But I think if you put in conjunction with how these loose forwards for Rooney are scoring, which Craig was talking about running those support lines. Um, you know, that it was big in that uh, two weeks ago against Houston when they had, you know, Samu to the butcher, butcher to Andy Ellis, Andy Ellis to, I think, Ben Bonasso and then Bonasso to Appy. You know, I mean, and it was all everybody running in support to, to get that offense down. Um, but I, I, I do believe, you know, Rob was talking about the back line and specifically in this game, um, you know, knowing what I know, you know, Fossey Fuatai, it looks like he's going to be available for selection. So, you know, bump Quinn Nguadi back out to the wing, Fossey Fuatai, Will Leonard are the centers, you know, and that kind of matches up with the first two Atlantic um, matches. And what I've noticed as the season has gone on, you know, Apanisa Kakabalavu, Will Leonard, Fossey Fuatai, and, and, um, Quinn Nwadi have gotten better tackling. And the first five matches, it was kind of suspect. The communication wasn't there. Those gaps opened up and you saw those big games against Toronto and Nola where they lost big. Now it's kind of tightened up and Atlanta has also tightened up their defense. Um, they had the same kind of issues in the first five weeks. So I think Rob's right. I think it's going to come down to those center combinations and one who can find the gap and two, who's going to break the tackles on their counterpart. 
So you brought up some really great points there, but before we dive any further and before I hand the mic over to to, uh, to Rob, I wanted to be able to uh, take the opportunity to be able to share a few thoughts from those that help us provide all this content here on the Rugby Rant. So we're going to be handing it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to tell you a little bit more about Rugby Coffee. Thank you, Ty. Rugby Coffee was born out of two passions, providing ethically sourced coffee and promoting the growth and development of rugby. By combining these two passions of folks at Rugby Coffee, see an opportunity to bring people together, and together we can make a difference. Rugby Coffee invests 10% of their profits into giving kids opportunities to play rugby in projects that help uplift communities. These endeavors have been absolutely transformational in many kids' lives and uplifted and empowered these communities. The boys at Rugby Coffee have launched and are ready to ship three distinct brews, Jouet Jouet, Champions Cup, and Crowd Favorite. Each have their own unique blend and style, and you may get and order your brew right now. And by doing so, you can support youth rugby. A simple vision can be transformational. Rugby as a sport can inspire communities, bring hope, and provide opportunity. Rugby coffee, it's not just a game, it's a way of life. I really do feel like, uh, yeah, it's a way of life for, for, for all four of us on screen, that's for sure. But how great is it that you can get a cup of coffee and you know actually a piece of every single purchase is going back to being able to support youth rugby? Um, and the more recently, they had just nominated BC Grassroots Rugby as one of the recipients of those funds uh, up in Canada. And one in the US is to be named very shortly. So make sure that you follow them on- online to be able to learn more about that and they are accepting suggestions on who you think it should be but uh let's take the opportunity again be able to dive into some more major league rugby stuff so gentlemen we spoke in the first part about the past weekend's matchups and gave our analysis we dug out some of the important points to share with our viewers and our listeners here on the rugby rant but now we also we also identified some key players, but while we were doing that, we started kind of walking into the territory of predictions. So it's best we give it the platform that it deserves. And with the matchups in mind in the playoffs, which by the way, if you're not entirely sure how it works, think of it as the semifinal of a tournament and the uh, top two seeds from each conference one being from the west one being from the east now compete against each other to be able to make sure that they make it to that championship matchup on august 1st to decide the winner of the entire league for 2021 as it stands we have uh the rugby atl and uh oh sorry let me get my my, so it's rugby atl and rooney and then you have la and of course utah warriors those are the matchups in mind let's hand it over actually let's start this in reverse because rob i don't think had an opportunity in the last one so rob why don't you start us off with the predictions yet Okay, let me start first um in the east and um you know it's interesting uh rooney beat uh rugby atl twice this season uh, so certainly it seems that they would have uh, Rugby ATL's number. I just go back to what I've said in past weeks that uh, Scott Lawrence is a very meticulous guy. He'll have his boys prepared. I think it's going to be hard to beat a Scott Lawrence team uh, the third time on the trot. No, That's no disrespect to Rooney. Um, I think they're going to put a, a great match um, up in down there in Marietta. Uh, but I'm going to pick Rugby ATL. Um, in that one. And then in the West, uh, it's LA versus Utah. Two guys from 
the the vaunted Lindenwood program back there. Uh, we got Christian Rodriguez and we got my guy, Michael Basca. It's hard to, it's hard for me to, to have a favorite in that one, but um, I think I'm going to go with LA, even though they lost to Utah this last week. And I think it just comes down to the fact that they had their starter, you know, six, seven starters missing. I, th- I, I just think they're going to be running on all the cylinders. It's going to be tough to beat that back line when they're clicking. Um, so I'm going to go with LA in that matchup. And therefore it's going to be an LA versus ATL final. Okay. So do you want to be able to go as far to be able to give a points prediction, a point spread, at least Um, for those of you that are watching and uh, want your uh, super brew picks, uh, you maybe can get a little bit of a gold uh, nugget here. Well, actually you probably shouldn't be taking it from me. So I'm going to keep quiet because I'm pretty far down the list. (laughs) So, so I'm going to go with ATL by three. I think it's going to be a close tight affair. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the, Ooh, I'm going to go with nine, uh, LA by nine. Uh, okay. although, although I got to tell you, Utah just seems to have a knack for coming back late in the game and that, that confidence that they're never out of it certainly counts for something, but I, th- I still think I'm going to go with LA by nine. Right. It certainly makes for exciting rugby. And I'm pretty sure that this, this next matchup between them will be exactly that. Uh, let's hand it over to Scott. So we're still cooking, so let's talk about the first match, Rugby ATL and Rooney. Um, I do agree with Rob. I think it's going to be tight, and you know it is going to be hard to beat a team a third time in the row in the season. Um, but I think it's it's more about what Rooney team shows up. Um, you know, if that if that soft Rooney team shows up, where they're going to make a lot of mistakes and get in their own head. Um, you know, if they're going to let the other team get in their head, like what happened at NOLA and throw them off their game, you know, I think that's the biggest issue Rooney has is when they get down, they get so down on themselves. It's hard to crawl back from that hole. Um, but if they can stay up and stay upbeat and have that tempo, you know, I think they're going to be one of the, you know, they're, they are one of the better teams in the league, obviously top four um, ATL. Um, I think if, if ATL can just hit their set pieces, right. Um, and honestly, I think it's more about individual effort um, on breaking tackles. It seems as though, again, when ATL gets stifled and, and, and doesn't can't break a tackle or two, for whatever reason, they can't continue that phase. You know, it's just they kind of get stuck in, in neutral. Um, I'm going to go with Rooney minus two. Um, if if Rooney shows up, it's going to be tight. I think they squeak it out. If they don't show up, it could be an absolute disaster. Going out to the West, um, I'm going to take LA by a converted try. Um, not that I don't think Utah can win the match. I think they can, again, like I spoke about before, um, if they could slow it down. But I do think it's just they're, LA is going to overpower them um, as far as offensive ability in the back line. I do think Utah scores a try at the end to, to tighten up that score. So let's say when the last five minutes, LA might be up by two tries, converted tries and Mikey Teo or Ali Khalifi or somebody scores that late, late second try. And then, you know, Utah kind of peters out on a penalty at the end to lose by a converted try. But, you know, I like what you said, no matter what you say, you think it's going to be pretty tight affairs. And that's indicative of how MLR has gone this season, uh, as well as the unpredictable results. You know, we spoke about how close they've been, you know, how many games have finished inside of seven points and how many games have finished inside of three or five points even. Um, When you have to look at it closely, um, far more than in the past. So, you know, one of the things that I, that, that I like that you said is, yes, uh, Rooney is currently 2-0 and o in favor, of course, against uh, uh, the uh, rugby uh, Atlanta. However, you know, when it gets down to knockout rugby, it's anyone's game, right? And like you said, it's kind of which, 
team rocks up on the day. And that's what makes this format so exciting once you get down to these final uh, moments. Uh, and that's what makes for an entertaining brand of rugby, especially when you get to the, the, the elite as the cream of the crop has risen to the top. Uh, you're going to probably see some of the best rugby you've seen all season long. And when it comes to rugby ATL, you know, you, although I don't know how great a factor it is, it's very hard to measure, but playing in your home ground is is a great advantage, I believe, you know, and that's something that you have to be able to consider in front of your own crowd, in front of your own people, with your support network around you. Uh, everything's familiar. Does it provide enough of an edge? I don't know. They've also lost on those same grounds to Rooney, if I'm correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of things to be able to consider there. Um you know, I'm not going to weigh in too much on the LA Utah one because I'll do that in the next part, but I want to hand it over to Craig first. Sure. Thanks. Uh, uh, so I, I did uh, give my picks in my comps. I'm going to stick with those spreads to, even though I, they'll match uh, one that Scott gave, but uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm tipping LA by 10 here. I think Utah has the ability. I think it's within the realm of possibility that Utah could pull off this upset, but I, I do think it's going to be difficult for them. I, I think, I mean, at home against a, sort of a second-string L.A. side with all their best players playing, they barely snuck it out. I mean, if they had lost that game, that would have been a disaster for their morale, and they came very close to losing. Uh, so I, I just think they need really everything to go their way. Uh, they just, I just don't think they have the, the defensive wherewithal to really slow L.A. much. And L.A. is a great – L.A. statistically you know, is the best defense. They've given up the fewest points. Uh, so I just, now this is, game's going to be in LA. I think it's going to be a, a big lift for Utah to win. So I'm going to say LA by 10. Um, the Eastern conference, uh, you know, is so close. I mean, you, you could see a hundred reasons to pick either side. I'm actually going to pull something from what Rob said earlier uh, to me as a, you know, as an analyst who watches this and, and as a fan of Rooney, I, I, I am most interested to see who is going to be the, the fly half for Atlanta. I think I, I I think Scott Lawrence is a great coach, and, I, and I'm always confused: is it injuries or or why has he changed the fly half so often? I think the obviously Kurt Coleman was injured, but I don't know about Karelsa or Escura. Like Escura didn't even dress this past week. I think that Atlanta's most dangerous when they have Karelsa at ten and Escura at twelve. Uh, they but they only used that combination a few times this year. Uh, if we see that as their starting lineup this week, I'm going to be a little more nervous. But since we haven't seen it much, uh, New York has won in Atlanta. Actually, they're 3-0 against Atlanta going back to last year uh, where they also right. won in Atlanta. Um, and they beat Toronto in Atlanta this year. So, you know, they, they've played well in Atlanta historically. It hasn't been as hot as it's going to be this week. So that, that worries me a bit. And they didn't play great against Nola here in the New York heat uh, this past, uh, this past weekend. Uh, so I'm definitely nervous, but I think just given the history here and, and given that I, I'm, I don't think Atlanta is going to go out with the roster that I would be most afraid of as a New York defense. Uh, I, I am going to give New York the edge and I, I took New York by two. Okay. And I think those are fair. I mean, with, with, okay. So LA coming on the back of the loss to, to Utah it still was a kind of a nowhere game as we spoke about before and they had a lot of players rested. Um, so those are definitely going to be key points in their favor there that they can bring back, you know, the kind of the, the A team for lack of a better term. Utah does have that confidence built up. And I agree with you in that regard that if they did lose last week, 
you know, it's almost like, yes, it didn't mean anything, but it actually did for the momentum and the confidence, right? For Utah's sake, at least. Uh, and they, I, I do love this, this, this character that they've built in the team that they just seem to have that little bit extra when they need it most. But if you're predicting a 10 point difference, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I almost want, I would hope to be able to see them put the points on the board first, as opposed to coming from behind, but that seems uncharacteristic from what we've seen from them this season. So what would change between last week and the weeks before now? Probably not much. So I think that I will lean towards in favor of LA again. It probably was a giveaway by the shirt. Um, yeah. By how much? Yeah, man, I got to pick mine now. And by the way, I am notoriously not good in the uh, Superbrew uh, contest. So don't listen You're to me. Totally I'm thinking it's going to be it's going to be somewhere about seven uh, to to eight points, just outside. I'd say eight, just outside of converted try. Um, so it might be at five, and then a penalty kick to be able to separate them to be put it just outside. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. And then on the on the rugby ATL and, and Rooney one, again, another close affair. Uh, I think I'm going to kind of go with tradition and and hope that they can do the three in a season and uh, have them by three. Those are my predictions there as well. Um, based them all of your predictions, though. Ty has given us the mush. We are now going to lose to rugby ATL. Thanks, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> Is that my plan secretly? But uh, regardless, it's it's going to be interesting rugby. If you haven't paid attention to where these teams will be competing, when it will be happening, you have the ability to be able to watch it this week on Friday and Saturday. That's the 24th and 25th. I believe the first game is the East, right? Uh, that's the Rooney one and uh, a rugby ATL at 7 p.m., I believe, or it's either, I think it's 7 and then the next day is at 5. Um, between LA and Utah, which will be, of course, hosted by LA in the Coliseum. Craig, you wanted to jump in there? Yeah, those are, I think, are central time. I think it's eight and six Eastern, but yeah, uh, seven okay. and five central. Of course, yes. So I refer to it as the central time there, but of course, you know your time zone and just find it appropriately on CBS Sports, uh, and including the final, the championship match will be shown on CBS Sports, which is another feather in the cap for Major League Rugby to be able to support it by such a major network. Uh, I believe the 2019 final holds the uh, viewership record of just over 500,000. Um, so they hope to be able to top that. I mean, we'll see it as a measure, measure of success, but we will be fortunate enough to be able to talk with George Killebrew in an upcoming episode where we'll be dissecting the success record and what the challenges were throughout the 2021 season as he'll be joining us for an exclusive interview on the Run Parcel Kick uh, interviews on August 9th. I believe it is a week after the final uh, and that'll be a good one. So make sure that you follow us online under the handle at rugby rant pod to be able to learn more about that and other interviews with more MLR insiders. Of course, you can find us on the rugby network each and every Friday with a new rugby debate episode, just like this one, where we will put some more guests to the test as we debate the hot topics in rugby across North America, because we on the rugby rant aim to be able to help grow rugby one fan at a time.
and uh, talking about helping uh, that one of the people that we need to be able to uh, uh, to bring your attention to is one of our newest partners here on the Rugby Rant, which is CanIBrands.com, which is certainly, in our opinion, one of the leaders in CBD products. Uh, myself and the team have been trying these now for probably about three weeks or so, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and cannabis is a safe alternative to opioids and other habit-forming uh, prescription drugs, particularly when you're talking about anxiety, pain management, um, sleep, things like that. Cannabis brand products are safe, trusted, uh, lab-tested, all-natural, non-habit-forming, and have uh, zero THC in their formula. Um, I particularly like the Cannabis Boost uh, in the morning. You know, we, we do some late recordings here, you know, on the for the East Coast time for the big guys. So I wake up, um, I put eight drops, you know, under my tongue uh, and that gives me the boost. It has a little bit of caffeine in it. It gives me the boost throughout the day I need. And, you know, besides the oil, I know Rob likes the uh, the spray that they have. Right. And the spray, yeah. it's like this. You know, you look at this and it's just as simple as an oral spray. Um, what is it? Eight of these, Rob, like eight sprays? Yeah. Take eight shots uh, on your tongue there, and, and it'll put you to sleep like a baby. As a matter of fact, Can I Brands has done some studies. It's great to be able to – a lot of people are wearing wearables, so you can even do your own study to see how it helps you, kind of measure your sleep patterns and, and how it affects you, you know, um, and helps you manage your sleep, especially if you're coming down after a hot and heavy rugby rant episode. I like to take a couple <laughs> shots of those and get my – get myself coming down so I can get up in the morning, get a good cycle in the morning, put in 30, 35 miles um, before before I get up and at them. So uh, it's a really good product. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I recommend it to, to all those people that I've talked to. Yeah. And, you know, the great thing is because we've now recently partnered with them, they've given us the opportunity to be able to share with you as the viewers at home uh, to try it out for yourself. Uh, Rent25 is the promo code they've given us. That's 25% off any of your uh, the products that you may choose. And that's not just a single one by the way that's collectively your basket so it's not okay i pick one item and that's 25 bucks of that whatever you got in your basket 25 off the total and if you reach over 49 dollars for that purchase it's a free delivery anywhere inside the continental us so you know you've got great opportunity to be able to try it at a very reasonable price it's currently being used by a lot of uh, nfl nhl and mlb uh, uh, players and athletes enjoy it for a multitude of different reasons, especially the Can I Mend product, which is about recovery. Um, and more recently, some of the Free Jacks players themselves have, uh, have been using this product. So canibrands.com, make sure you go and check it out. Uh, they've given us an opportunity to be able to share that Rent25 promo with you at your checkout. Make sure you get 25% off. Uh, gentlemen, now comes the time to be able to pick a winner for today's episode. And I think it's pretty even all round, but uh, I'm going to give the credit to the guest on this occasion, Mr. Craig Gridelli. On your third time around, you are a winner. How does it feel? Uh, it's not. I thought, I thought everyone was uh, deserved the win today, so, but I, I appreciate the nod. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to doing this again. I'm always happy to participate. Sir, sir can I just say both Scott and Craig Ooh. both credited me during this episode. I believe Scott's uh, quote was, Rob's right, especially about the centers. Well, Craig did, said – Did, did um, Scott actually I'll say the word something. Rob's right? He did. He did. <laughs> Book it. Uh, and Craig even said, pull something from Rob's when talking about the fly-offs. I mean, 
damn it, man, what is I what do I gotta do? Um I probably yeah. It's just courtesy of the guests. I appreciate that. I got the benefit of the doubt. Right, right. I mean, when it's so close, uh, yeah, it was a photo finish. I'd say that. So I gave the benefit of the doubt to uh, to Craig. Uh, but Craig, it is a bit of a tradition here on the Rugby Rant that for our guest uh, to take the mic in the final moments of the show to be able to send a shout out to anybody important, draw attention to a special cause. Uh, here's your opportunity, man. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I do. Uh, I am on the board of and, and the co-founder of a charity. I, I may have mentioned this one last time too. If I did, I apologize. Go ahead again. But uh, it's called Stop Soldier Suicide. You know, I, I was an Army Ranger once upon a time. Um, you know, the the mental health issues that plague the military are a lot more extensive than a lot of civilians realize. And uh, you know, we've been. We've been doing this for 11 years now. Uh, uh, so it's suicide.org. We, we set up essentially a, a first response and triage uh, and, and really a long-term counseling uh, service for veterans and families and, and that entire network. So uh, look, you know, people, people struggle and it's not always just about you know, oh, someone shot at me or, uh, you know, I wake up and I dream of artillery rounds. There's a lot of more nuance. Yeah. So, you know, if you are struggling, you know, whether it's stop sort of suicide or one of the other, you know, very, very capable providers out there that that do this sort of thing, uh, definitely seek help because we, we lose far too many people to suicide in the military community. Right. So how do people learn more about this? I would say go to stopsortofsuicide.org. You know, we have a fully functioning website. And if anyone ever wants to reach out to me, my tag here at MMFlyF, I'm happy to point you to anything more specific. Perfect. Thanks for that. Because you know what? Even if it just helps one person, that's enough, right? So once again, here we are at the end of another great rugby debate. The winner of this round was Mr. Craig Gridelli. Of course, much to the dismay of Rob Hammerschmidt, who was quite vocal about it. But perhaps on the next occasion, it might be his to be able to take the crown back. Uh, and we will find out next week, every Friday. You can tune in for another great rugby debate episode of the Rugby Network. Or alternatively, get your preview, your sneak peek. Thursdays under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where we will release it before it comes live on the Rugby Network. You can see it there from 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, and uh, we'll make sure that that is up and running every week where we will have another guest take on our usuals of Rob and Scott. My name is Ty Brogger, your host for today's activities, alongside, as I said before, Mr. Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, and Craig Gridelli. We thank you for watching another great episode here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, and we will see you at the next. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.